Hello, happy Friday. Hi, Vince. Hi, Lisa. Lisa, all the way from Westbrook, Connecticut. Oh, my. Lisa, our weather is trying to catch up with yours. It is only 54 degrees right now. And it's only supposed to get up to 64 today. And we're all a little bit excited about that because finally there are signs of fall. But it's probably not going to stick around quite yet. I think that Vince just said it's supposed to be up in like 85 sometime next week. So anyway, that's an update on our weather. I don't know why weather is the thing to talk about, but it is. Yes, kind of. Fall is making an appearance, let's say. <laughs> Hasn't quite arrived, but is making an appearance and checking things out to see if it wants to stick around. Hi, Chris. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I know. Lisa says hi, John and Angie. Hi, Lisa. You guys, for those of you that do not know who this is, this is John. What? From the basement <laughs> in the weather center. <laughs> Thanks for the update. You betcha. <laughs> it's kind of looking like it might rain. It looks like it wants to rain. You know what? Actually, I I went and walked out to the very back of the, the yard with the dog this morning and a, a, something caught my eye in the woods and a tree fell. And you can tell like it just Great. like <laughs> recently <laughs> fell because the the leaves <laughs> are still green on it yeah and there's only like i don't know that much of a stump left it looks seriously in the woods yes and it looks like it was just ripped apart this is always fascinating to me when when the tree falls like that because they don't like it's kind of violent it's just kind of violent anyway i'll take you back there okay take you back there and show it (laughs) shane the dog didn't offer me the response that i was after so I got you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I asked John last night if he would be um, willing to hop on with me this morning because we have seen the evidence of the God who stoops down over and over and over. And um, it's not in the description what we were going to talk about this morning, but we knew last night what we were going to talk about. And um I want to read through Psalm 18 because it's so fascinating to me the way that that David describes, leads up to this point of um, where God God is stooping down. We see him actually coming down to David's level to deliver him. And that's literally what it means is God delivered me. And... um, And however, whatever language you want to use to describe this, it literally means God came down to man's level to lift him up. And and what's so fascinating is is the the description of who God is leading up to this moment is nothing but the warrior God. You know, the we see his his. even his willingness to be violent, to put on display in this psalm. And then this gentleness just comes out of nowhere and just smushed in between this description of this militant God. And um, what's really, really fascinating to me is David quoted this psalm in um, 2 Samuel 22. I believe that's where it's at. Um, it's it's the last, it's 
his last words is quoting Psalm 18. And so you know that this, this song that David had written about his relationship with the Lord was one that really meant something to him for it to be the thing that, that he releases in, in his, his last breaths. And, and so I think it's really important that we, we dig into these kinds of things and better understand this God, because right now we know that he has, and if you have not experienced God in this way, um, in this season, I'm not sure where you've been, honestly, because he has thrown us all for a loop. He has come in with this militancy that, um, that some of us really hadn't expected or encountered even. And, um, and, and it's definitely been cause for us to, to tremble. Oh, look, I wrote on myself. Wonder when I, oh, you know what I think? See, look guys, rabbit trail. I think it's mascara, actually. <laughs> Side note. Focus. Oh, gosh. Okay, so let's just dive into um, Psalm 18. And I'm going to read it out of the Passion Translation because the language in this is just <clears throat> unmatched. I mean, other translations are good, too, but this is just, it's so beautiful. I love you, Lord. That's the title of it in the Passion. Praises sung to the pure and shining one by David, his servant. And and I think that we could stop there and probably lay out an entire message because this is really important to understand how David was posturing himself before the Lord. He's at this point, king of Judah. He's a king and he he references himself as the servant of God. And I have a, I have a quote from you, for you from Spurgeon. It just says, David makes no mention of his royalty. Hence, we gather that he counted it a higher honor to be the Lord's servant than to be Judah's king. I'm going to read it again because it's really good. David makes no mention of his royalty. Hence, we gather that he counted it a higher honor to be the Lord's servant than to be Judah's king. That's that's Spurgeon mm. talking about um, just the introduction of Psalm 18. Um, okay, let's start in verse one. Lord, I passionately love you and I'm bonded to you. He's considering himself a bond servant of um of gods and i just want to read this description to you of what a bond servant is it's a person bound in service without wages it is someone who can leave and be free but chooses to stay out of loyalty and service so david is offering a full description here of like i know i could walk out from underneath your your authority god but he's choosing to see himself as a bond servant someone who is loyal to to God. I want to embrace you. For now you've become my power. You're as real to me as bedrock beneath my feet, like a castle on a cliff, my forever firm fortress, my mountain of hiding, my pathway of escape, my tower of rescue where none can reach me, my secret strength and shield around me. You are salvation's ray of brightness shining on the hillside. Always the champion of my cause. 
let's just pause. And this is a really long psalm, <laughs> but I gotta pause. We've got to talk about these things. Always the champion of my cause. When you when you become a bond servant of the Lord, you can consider God in this manner, that he is always the champion of your cause. Have you experienced him in this way? Oh, yeah. Tell us. Putting you on the spot. Yeah, you are. Um, let's see. I could tell him about. <clears throat> I'm supposed to rest. Um, oh, this is going to be a good yeah. story. So I've been in construction for 20, long time. And uh, I don't know how many years, 20 something years. And uh, I was uh, prophesied over that it was time to rest. Oh, that's not how we said it. Oh, well, go ahead. Rest or I'll make you rest. There's that. Okay. Rest or I'll make you rest. And uh, that kind of went in one ear and out the other <clears throat> because I don't, uh, I don't quit at anything when I start something. It's uh, I'm going to finish it. And regardless of what it does to me or anybody else, I'm going to finish. And so uh, rest or I'm going to rest. And then he gave me what, about six months, eight months. Oh gosh. It was a year. Was a year. A year and a half. About a year and a half to obey him. And I didn't. And I was on my way home one day and uh, I got into a really bad car car wreck. I'm not saying God caused this because he doesn't do that kind of thing, Uh, but he allowed it to happen. And I was injured just enough that I had to rest, that I had to retire from drywall. I couldn't even do it anymore. Rest or I'll make you rest. And um, that sounds maybe like punishment. But it wasn't. It was, um, you know, I called you to it. You have a destiny. And um, I called you to it. And uh, I expect you (laughs) to fulfill it. And I wasn't. I was uh, doing my own thing. I was doing what I thought was best for me and my family, not what God thought was best for me and my family. And... uh, he just set us up for the season that we're in now. It was it's pretty awesome where we're at now compared to where we were at the time. But uh accidents <laughs> That's right, it is almost two years at the end of the month. Um has it been that long? It was in um uh, November. It was, it was November third, right, it was the yeah, day after right our after, oldest son's yeah, birthday. Right That's right. birthday. <laughs> so but yeah, I mean uh you know, I always find it comical how people, I'm kind of going on a rabbit trail here, how people uh, label God. Um, you know, he's either all grace or he's all this or he's all that. You know, we were made in his image. The emotions that we have, we got from somewhere, you know, and God is passionate about us. And when we get passionate about something, we get loud, uh, we get firm and, uh, so when he, he is, you're in his sights, which we all are, and he's firm and excited and he's all over you, and he and it seems he's being really emotional with you, it's because he is, yeah. you know, because he loves you that much. And so, uh, you know, don't be, don't be scared of the emotions of God. 
it's the same way how I fiercely love my wife and all my kids and I'd fight for them and I'd die for them. And God's already done all that. You know, he showed up on earth and he died for you because that's how much he fiercely loves you. So the anyway. champion of your cause, champion of my cause, yeah. even if, even when I don't know what my cause is. <laughs> right. You know, amazing. Thanks for sharing that story. Mm-hmm. Um, all I need to do is to call to you. We're in verse four, right? No, three. All I need to do is call to you singing to you the praiseworthy God. When I do, I'm safe and sound in you. For when the ropes of death wrapped around me and terrifying torrents of destruction overwhelmed me, taking me to death's door to doom's domain, I cried out to you in my distress, the delivering God. And from your temple throne, you heard my troubled cry. My sobs came right into your heart and you turned your face to rescue me. The earth itself shivered and shook. It reeled and it rocked before him. As the mountains trembled, they melted away. For his anger was kindled, burning on my behalf. Fierce flames leapt from his mouth, erupting with blazing burning coals as smoke and fire encircled him. He stretched heaven's curtain open and came to my defense. Swiftly, he rode to earth as the stormy sky was lowered. He rode a chariot of thunder clouds amidst thick darkness, a cherub his steed as he swooped down, soaring on the wings of spirit wind. Wrapped and hidden in the thick cloud darkness, his thunder tabernacle surrounded him. He hid himself in mystery darkness. The dense rain clouds were his garments. Suddenly, the brilliance of his presence broke through with lightning bolts and with a mighty storm from heaven, like a tempest dropping coals of fire. The Lord thundered. The great God above every God spoke with his thunder voice from the skies. What fearsome hailstones and flashes of fire were before him. He released his lightning arrows and routed my foes. See how they ran and scattered in fear? Then with his mighty roar, he laid bare the foundations of the earth and covering the secret source of the sea. The hidden depths of land and sea were exposed by the hurricane blast of his hot breath. He then reached down from heaven all the way from the sky to the sea. He reached down into my darkness to rescue me. He took me out of my calamity and chaos and drew me to himself taking me from the depths of my despair. I just want to pause right there and say, (coughs) Robin, pause right there and and talk about this. Like, you know, your story is so interesting because we don't even know half the time when we are in the depths of despair. We, We don't get to decide that. We don't get to decide what the perfect will for our lives is. God does. God gets to define that. And we may not know that we are in a troublesome place. We may not know that we have got ourselves caught up in a place that's no good for us, according to the will of the Lord. See, he Mm -hmm. knows where he's taking you. He knows where he's moving you. And we can get ourselves trapped up in the, the, the wisdom of the world, thinking that it is the right way. It is the responsible thing to do. And it's not. And we need to be delivered by the hand of God from those things that we have supposed are actually the good and the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. We can't know it. No. We need his wisdom. Can I tell another story? Yes. Okay. I actually mentioned this to you last night. <clears throat> so 
um, just to set it up, I don't think in the first, uh, we've been married 27 years. We've been together since we were 14. Yes, but I think we've been married 27 years, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> don't get that wrong, guys. Um, uh, and for the first, I think, 10 years of marriage plus the four we dated or five, um, I don't think you'd ever seen me cry. Ever. Ever. Not once. And um, and it, it it was kind of a problem because I was, I don't want to say I was hard-hearted. I was always very kind and, and fairly gentle, but there was something in me that would never break. I had hardened something. And uh, so we were at church one day and uh, there was, it was a little boy, right? Yeah. Um, and he had brain cancer mm -hmm. and uh baby like yeah baby I think two years old maybe. and they wanted us to come up and pray for him and um i was i made the decision to do it i think out of due diligence because um were we youth pastors yet oh yeah yeah we, so we were the youth pastors so it was my duty to go up there and and perform and um as i'm walking up there i think i was in the sound booth doing worship stuff and um I, I as i was walking down there i could feel something rise up in me and i didn't really know what it was and the second i put my hand on this little kid's head um this is how i can describe it jesus came out of heaven like this yeah he stooped down and our hearts collided Ugh. and i broke me <laughs> I mean, hardcore broke me. I didn't even know what to do with myself. I didn't know if I should walk away because I was going to make a scene or not. And I didn't even know. I couldn't even hardly pray. And all I could say is I felt I got to feel what Jesus's heart was feeling for this little boy. Yeah. And, you know, it. I mean, it crushed me. I mean, how do you have that much love for a little kid? when there's billions of people on earth, but yet you can focus on this one little dude right here. And, and it let me, it, I, I mean, I'm sure he didn't give me a full, uh, a full touching of what he was feeling, but he let me feel it. And I'm a crybaby now. I can cry. I'm, now I'm yeah. crying. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it, it, he does things like this and, and I can't be more thankful for it because it helped me, it helped me love more. It helped me tap into parts of me that I didn't even know I needed to get into. And, uh, but he was willing to let me feel what he was feeling. So I'd have understanding, you know, he didn't have to do that. It wasn't necessary. I was, I would have still served him but I wouldn't have served him to the depths I could serve him. And he still does this to me all the time. He's always doing these little things. It's like, dude, stop. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, when, when the Bible says he stoops down, I mean, he really does. He comes down to us and he puts his face, our hands in his face and he holds us there and he talks to us and he treats us like we're his best friend. Cause we are, I mean, I'm his favorite. You're his favorite. So, anyways, go ahead. All right.
Verse 17, even though I was helpless in the hands of my hateful, strong enemy, you were good to deliver me. When I was at my weakest, my enemies attacked, but the Lord held on to me. His love broke open away and he brought me into a beautiful, broad place. He rescued me because his delight is in me. He rewarded me for doing what's right and staying pure. I will follow his commands and never stop. I'll not sin by ceasing to follow him no matter what. Hmm, that'll preach. For I've kept my eyes focused on his righteous words and I've obeyed everything he's told me to do. I've done my best to be blameless and to follow all his ways, keeping my heart pure. I've kept my integrity by surrendering to him. And so the Lord has rewarded me with his blessing. This is the treasure I discovered when I kept my heart clean before his eyes. Lord, it is clear to me now that how we live will dictate how you deal with us. Good people will taste your goodness, Lord. And to those who are loyal to you and love to prove that you are loyal and true. And for those who are purified, they find you always pure. But you'll outwit the crooked and cunning with your craftiness. To the humble, you bring heaven's deliverance, but the proud and haughty you disregard. God, all at once you turned on a floodlight for me. You are the revelation light in my darkness. And in your brightness, I can see the path ahead. With you as my strength, I can crush an enemy horde, advancing through every stronghold that stands in front of me. That's really cool. With you, what a confession, right? With you as my strength, I can crush an enemy horde advancing through every stronghold that stands in front of me. David had to put action to what he believed, right? Like, and for him, this was, this was, this was physical. This surrounded him. He, his life was surrounded by battle and, and he's saying that like, it's, it's him. It's God who breaks all of the strongholds that have hold of me. You and I have mostly only experienced spiritual strongholds and we shrink to them. And, and what we can look at here in David's life is realizing that it's God's strength and, and we can put that on and and we can break through, we can advance through every stronghold. What a God you are. Your path for me has been perfect. All your promises have proven true. What a secure shelter for all those who turn to hide themselves in you. You are the wraparound God giving grace to me. Could there be any other God like you? You are the only God to be worshipped, for there is not a more secure foundation to build my life upon. Other translations actually say that, that he's a shield. And, and the reason why um, it, it's translated to the wraparound presence, because these shields were massive and they would come around mm-hmm. to protect the entirety of their being. And so he's saying that, like, you are this wraparound presence that protects me fiercely. I love it. Um, you have wrapped me in power and now you've shared with me your perfection. Through you, I ascend to the highest peaks of your glory to stand in the heavenly places, strong and secure in you. You've trained me with the weapons of warfare, worship. Now I'll descend into battle with power 
to chase and conquer my foes. You empower me for victory with your wraparound presence, your power within me, strong to subdue. And by stooping down in gentleness, you strengthened me and made me great. Now, this is this is where I really wanted to get because we we have tasted of of the omnipotent God, the all powerful God. I, I've he's he's allowed me to see him in in a way that I've never experienced before, and 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 truly terrifying. Like he he's terrifying to behold in his omnipotence, and and yet even in this all powerful demeanor that he is showing up in, he is still the one who stoops down to make us great. I don't want us to lose sight of this in 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 all of this um in all of the, the visions and the visuals that we have of him right now in this militant manner where he's coming in to to show up, you know, like showing up. <laughs> And he's putting himself on display in a fuller measure. And he is still, still, he's the God who will stoop down. And I want to read, I just want to read just a portion of um, Isaiah 40, because this is just so good. And it's just another picture of what it looks like when God stoops down. So Isaiah 40 verses 10 uh, through 12. Behold. The Lord Jehovah will come as a mighty one and his arm will rule for him. Behold, his reward is with him and his recompense before him. So again, here he is on display in, in omnipotence. And then it says in verse 11, he will feed his flock as a shepherd in his arm. He will gather the lambs in his bosom. He will carry them. He will lead those who are nursing the young. And then it goes back into this like, who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand? Who has calculated the extent of the heavens with a hand span and measured out the dust of the earth by a measure and weighed the mountains in scales and the hills in balances? Don't you love this? I mean, you can go on in Isaiah 40. Yeah, yeah, it's like there's no, Job. there is, it yeah. is, it, it, it really reads like, like the end of, of Job when, when God, it's like, off. yeah, he, it's like he, he shows up as like a lawyer. It's just, I love the end of Job. It's, it's fascinating. But um, verse 12 of chapter 40 of Isaiah reads like the end of Job, yeah. like, which of you has me- measured the, the waters in the hollow of his hand? But in the scrunched in between, we have this tender shepherd who stoops down and lifts mm-hmm. the lambs just to bring them close. And, and so I don't want us to, to miss the the tender heart of God towards us in this this space of, of more of a militant view of who he is because he is still the one who stoops low. Yeah, it makes me think of uh I love the story of the thief on the cross. <clears throat> when Jesus uh you know this guy was mocking Jesus, 
I don't really know what he did. He was he was a thief. Yeah. But you know, I don't know. All we know. But yeah, all we know is he was a thief. Um, but he had mocked Jesus. And um Jesus is such a good shepherd that uh he took the time out of dying and saving the world to minister to this one guy. Yeah. He was that important. And I always find it fascinating if you think about what a shepherd does when a lamb takes off and the shepherd goes and rescues him and he brings him back. He doesn't make him go through, you know, a 30 day. What a one, two, a one, three, one. Yeah. One, two, one, one, three, one. You know, he didn't have to go get baptized and all this stuff. He rescued him. The thief on the cross did not get down. I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with baptism. I think it's super duper important. But that's how much God loves us is we get to heaven through Jesus, not through our earthly acts. Yeah. Okay. And I, I love how he just rescues. And he does it over and over again. There's a there's a funny video on on uh, YouTube of a, a shepherd. He's pulling this sheep out of this crack in the earth. And he grabs it and finally yanks the sheep out. Then he sets it down and the sheep just takes off and then literally jumps straight up in the air and dives right back into the crack in the earth. And this guy's like, what the heck? So he walks back over there and he has to yank this thing out. And that's a perfect picture of Jesus. He is pulling us out of our crap all the time. And then we dive right into it. And then he pulls us right back out of it because he's a good dad. Yeah. Yeah. We should not be a stiff-necked people, though. Oh, no. We should no. not. Do not make it difficult. No. Don't make him come again. <laughs> Pull you out. You know what I'm saying? Well, like, why do you do always this? stay and he is worthy suffering. to receive the reward of his suffering. That's you and me. That's us. Yeah. Yeah. In fullness. So really, like, what, what are we doing shrinking back from the, the grandiose call that's on your life? Like, stop it. Stop playing the false humility game where you're like, ah. Oh, I don't know if it's God. Yes, it's God. He puts grandiose things in front of you because he knows he's worthy to re receive the reward of his suffering. What was that again? <laughs> it's ridiculous. We we actually we walk around thinking that we are we are in some form of humility and and it's not it's it stinks. Mm -hmm. It's it's false humility and it needs to it needs to stop. The reason why he paints these grandiose pictures is because he understands his worth. When you say no to him by your actions and your transactions, you are robbing him of what he knows he is worthy of. He is he is depositing greatness inside of you. He stoops low to make us great because he understands his worth. Mm -hmm. You know, when your kids, um, they mess up, maybe you haven't heard from them in a long time and they mess up and you're their first phone call and you go, crap, this is going to mess me up. <laughs> uh, and you go and you rescue them. And all you want from them is to say, thank you and that they won't do it again you know not to sit there and beat them up but to go there and be the father that you have learned to be a father from jesus yeah okay you know you, the best lessons learned are lessons that are learned out of love not out of um beating somebody up or tearing them down 
be like Jesus to these people. Yeah. Okay. He's been through the violence. He's been tore up for you. Okay. He's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. And the greatest reward we can give him is saying, thank you. I am all yours, 100%. And live your life out that way. Yeah. I, I want to read really quick before we, we move on in um, Psalm 18. I want to um, go to Philippians 2. Oh, hold on. I wanted to read that in here. I was like, why, why do I not have this marked? <laughs> Which one? Um, we're going to Philippians 2. This is this is so good and is just like, ah. Uh, I, it doesn't need an introduction. I'll just read it. Um, let's start in uh, verse five. We're going Philippians two, verse five. And consider the example that Jesus, the anointed one has set before us. Let his mindset become your motivation. Say it again. Let his mindset become your motivation. Okay, stop trying to wiggle outside of God's mindset set concerning you. Again, he knows what he's worthy of and he knows what he's deposited in us. So don't try and change his mind concerning you. Live it out. He existed in the form of God, yet he gave no thought to seizing equality with God as his supreme prize. Ah, we've been talking about this all week. Servant <laughs> and sonship, right? If you haven't listen to the things that have been rolled out this week. You need to go back and listen. Vince's teaching on Monday um, was really good on podcast, or you can find it on YouTube or Facebook. And he really broke down beautifully what Jesus, the servant and the son has done for us and how he lived out his life. It's just absolutely beautiful. Um, he existed in the form of God, yet he gave no thought to seizing equality with God as his supreme prize. Instead, he emptied himself of his outward glory by reducing himself to the form of a lowly servant. We see that in the introduction to Psalm 18, where David refers to himself as the servant of the Lord and not Judas King. You need to know how to posture yourself before the Lord. It's really important. Mm. Yeah. Are you your title? Don't be, I'm, yeah, like, but don't, don't fear the title. No, don't fear don't the title. Don't fear the but... title, but know who you are before the Lord. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> okay. Instead, he emptied himself of the outward glory by reducing himself to the form of lowly servant. He became human. He humbled himself and became vulnerable choosing to be revealed as a man and was obedient. He was a perfect example, even in his death, a criminal's death by crucifixion. Just let's, let's just keep reading for a second. Because of that obedience, God exalted him and multiplied his greatness. He has now been given the greatest of all names. We need to learn to war with the name of Jesus Christ. It is only by his name that we are saved. We can only enter in by the name of Jesus Christ. We need to learn to war with his name. And this is something that God has been teaching me over the last month is that, that the power of his name is great. And we need to learn to, to do warfare 
with his name. And so something that's been happening to me, I, do you have like, you know how storms have history and, and the meteorologists talk about the history of this storm is blah, blah, blah. Well, I, I think that there is, there is warfare that comes against us that has history. It's like a, a storm front that has a history and, and it, it can come at us with a level of power that can take us out if we haven't learned to war against it. And since God has been teaching me to use the name of Jesus as warfare, this thing has begun to shrink. And when it comes back around and tries to take me out, I have become so quick to get up and move. And I start just I'm not even paying attention to whatever this thing is. I just start making a big old stinking deal about the name of Jesus. And immediately it's like, what storm? What, what enemy? I, I have an enemy, you know, <laughs> let's just make a big old deal about the name of Jesus and, and use that as our, our weapon of warfare. His name is all power. It's so powerful and it trumps every other name. It is the highest name. The name of Jesus is so, so powerful. Mm -hmm. And so now when this storm that has history with me comes back around, it's like it's grip. It's I can feel it. It's like it's losing its its powerful grip over me and, and its voice has has become more and more faint every time it comes back around. And so I just think that we just need to teach ourselves to war with the name Jesus. And it makes way. It makes way for new encounters. Uh, I could go on and on, but that is not the topic for today. <laughs> um, let's read verse 10. The authority of the name of Jesus causes every knee to bow in reverence. Everything and everyone will one day submit to this name in the heavenly realm, in the earthly realm, and in the demonic realm. And every tongue will proclaim in every language, Jesus Christ is Lord Yahweh, bringing glory and honor to God, his father. Every knee will bow. Isn't this just like God? The one who stoops low? Guys, we have to learn to watch how he lives out his existence before us and follow suit. He's the God who stoops low. I need to be the daughter who stoops low. I need to be the bondservant who knows my place is as low, low, low as I can go. Where I regard it the greatest privilege of my life to lay low before him and his people to serve. We've heard Rebecca talk about, uh, you know, we need to pick up the towel in the basin before we, we pick up the sword and try to fight. You know, this is how, this is how Israel missed Jesus as the savior because they expected him to come as this great warrior to wipe out their, their enemy physically right? And, and Jesus came to take back the spirit realm, right? And, and he did it by washing feet. 
by stooping low. We see Jesus everywhere he goes. He's stooping low. He has access. He knows who he is. He knows who he is before the Father. He has access and he chooses to stoop down. Now, this part of um, of Psalm 18 literally means when he says that he stoops low to make us great, it literally means deliverance. He stoops low to deliver us unto greatness. So if you have like a, a reaction to the word deliverance, um, then you're going to have to react in the same manner to this, to the God who stoops low. He stoops low to make us great by delivering us from the things that want to bind us. So change your mind about deliverance because it's the God who stoops low, the God who swoops in on the spirit wind. I love how the, trans- the Passion Translation <laughs> says it, that he, he comes and he stoops low to make us great. We need to be people who know how to wash feet. And don't you love that story of Jesus? Like, what's the last thing Jesus did? I mean, have you seen those memes that are are like going around where they're like, you know, if I knew that this was my last day, I would do X, Y, and Z. And it's just frivolous stupidity. And then they draw attention to Jesus on his last day. He washed feet. He washed feet. My gosh. What a God. What a God. And as I was considering, like this tenderness of God has just been like God is, that's, that's how he's revealing himself to me this week. And, and he was showing me himself as the God who's stooping down low over nations right now. And I saw him, like honestly saw him on his knees over the land and like scooping up the, the dirt of the land just to be close to it. There is a longing in the heart of the father right now that is wanting to bring deliverance to the land. We have access. Say that. I have access. I have access. Type it in the comments. You have access. You already have access. You're a child of the most high God. He's adopted you. You have access. The land doesn't have the same level of access that you do. The land only has what we offer it. And he's revealing himself as the God who stoops low in tenderness over the land right now, over the nations, to model for us what it looks like to be sons and daughters of glory right now. He's wanting us to tend to the land, to be gentle with the land, to scoop up the land and hold it close and remind it of who God is. ah, I can feel the yearning of the land to be told stories of the sovereignty of God, of who he is. He's the one who delivers. He's the one who stoops low to make us great. And all of creation awaits in great expectation Mm-hmm. for the sons and daughters of glory to take their place. We need to get over ourselves because we are the sons and daughters of glory who are playing it safe in false humility. But all of creation is waiting for you to arrive in fullness. 
to stand tall and know who you are. And I want to, you go and read the rest of, of, of Psalm 18 for yourself because it's really good. But I want to talk about how, how we are showing up. <laughs> I need to get over myself. Amen to that. All of us. Amen to that. Right. I, I think mm. that in, in the old wineskins, in, in the performance um, mode that, that most of us have been raised up in, in our church cultures, um, that's the old wineskins that we need deliverance from, right? Mm. We've got to pull out of that completely. And because he, there's new, you guys, like, I understand the comfort of familiarity. I understand that. But you're going to miss out on everything. And not only that, you're going to get burned. Escape the old wineskins. It's really important. Like you've got to move out of those old wineskins so that you can experience the fullness of what God is wanting to pour out in these next days. But how, how I have experienced church leaders up until this point is, is this affront with, um, I can stand before you and I can curate a moment with the Lord because I have acquired it because I have done the work I have, you know, I've attained this by some level of something that there, there has been like this prideful, arrogant affront that, that we probably have all dabbled in. Like, I, I think we can all just, and this is something that I think that we need to learn when, when, when there is, when there are things like this and um, when the transactions of iniquity have been revealed to us, just guilty, right? Can you just like guilty? I don't care if if you're the one that actually did it. Can, can you just plead guilty, cover that thing with the blood of Christ and, and offer forgiveness over it and let's move on. So this, this affront that this prideful and arrogant affront that we have positioned ourselves in as church leaders Father God, I render us guilty and I thank you for the blood of Jesus that covers that, that cleanses that thing from all iniquity. And right now I release forgiveness over that thing. That's, that's how powerful we are. Like he's given forgiveness to us. What is forgiven on the earth will be forgiven in the heavens, right? That's what he said. It's our job to operate in forgiveness, but we have to also be willing to admit guilt, right? Agree quickly with your adversary. Guilty. Mm -hmm. It's fine. We don't have to be afraid of that. Jesus did this by taking all of our sin on himself. He allowed himself to be accused of all that we did wrong and then cover it all with his blood. And then what does he say? Father, forgive them. We just follow suit. We follow the servant. We follow the one who went lower than low. Guilty. When you... When you're watching your, your news broadcast or reading your stories about all the stupid stuff that's going on in the world, step into it. Step into it. You are the transaction of forgiveness over everything that is going wrong in the world. 
you've got to learn to go low, to become the servant. So my point was, is like, let's, let's move beyond this. Like I've got it all together. I've attained this, this position because of X, Y, and Z. I've arrived. Yes. Oh, dear Jesus. We actually heard that one time we were in a leaders meeting and, and one of them declared that he had arrived and, and therefore did not need to continue to, um, want for anything more. Um, Mm, Gross. Guilty. Can we just look? Guilty. Ought to forgive that. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. So this is what I I feel like God is is really drawing our attention to, is that the same tenderness that he functions at, he's still asking us to position ourselves militantly right now. We need to be in formation and we need to have weapons ready at all times. Like seriously, don't lose sight of this. This is, this is how we operate. We're like, Oh, let's move over here. No, it's, it's, it's both. It's both. We need to, we need to be standing in, in a militant stance, ready to wage war. And at the same time, be ready to stoop lower. Mm -hmm. It's both. We've got to be able to do both, but what really needs to happen in that same way that, that, that I, that God was showing me himself stooping low, like on his knees, this is God on his knees, on our lands, and just wanting to be near the soil of the land to bring deliverance to them. We need to be willing to do that with that same tenderness, be tender with the one before you. Right now, like, I have this, like, aching, aching desire to hold people and to just, like, love them so deeply to to allow this deep and tender love of God to just, like, pour out of me into them. I don't know. And then there's this other side to me that has this like dagger that will kill you. <laughs> it's just where we're at. <laughs> it's both. It's both. And and actually like years ago in 2000, um, somebody prophesied over me that I was a, a, a Deborah type, just a little bit of an errant prophecy, but go with me. And that I had tent pegs in, in each hand and one was love and one was truth. And this has become like exactly who, 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 I am manifesting as right now is like this deep, deep love and, and this, this unyielding truth that will kill you. I don't know. It's just, it's just the way he has chosen to wield me as a weapon in his hand. And, and I, I'm just going to go with it. I may fumble guys. Like, It's the professional Christianity that needs to die Mm. because let me fumble before you, you know, it's this stupid facade that we've got it all together and that we're somehow professionals in this, that, that gets us in such a mess. We're prone to folly. We are prone to wander. Let's, let's just get over ourselves and realize this is like, this is, this is our reality. I'm perfected in him, but I'm prone to wander. We need each other. 
You need me to fumble before you. I need you to fumble before me. Stop portraying perfection. You don't have it all together. And that's okay. I like you better that way. Right? Mm-hmm. We, we, don't, we don't need to pretend anymore. The reason why the world doesn't want anything to do with the church because they can't measure up to our show. Who would want to come into that? You come into a Sunday show and then pull back the curtains of leadership and that's where the dirt is. Let's just let's just be willing to fumble before each other. And I've been saying this a lot lately, but don't let them define you. Guilty, right? Like when it comes at us, just be, oh, yes, like I did that. Don't let it define you. It's only when you allow it to come in and penetrate your heart and, and make you believe that this is your identity, that you get resistant to people seeing the real you. Sin doesn't define you. If you fumble, can we just be like children? You know, when, when, when babies are learning to walk, they take like two or three steps and then they fall down. And what does everybody in the room do? When they fumble, they receive applause. What has changed? What? <laughs> Welcome both of you to fumble. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This is not permission to enter into gross sin. I just need to say that as a disclaimer. I, I'm talking about when we are prone to wander. Mm-hmm. You know, we are we are living on a very narrow road. If you have, if you have accepted the call to follow Jesus, to be a disciple of Jesus, you are living on a very narrow footbridge, right? And, and, and it's just like this, this edge of folly is right there. It's one, one foot turn and the edge of folly seems to be right there. And and it's probably not even stuff that the Bible will declare a sin. It's just the things that God says no to right now for you. And we just, we need to be willing to, to, to be called out. Like if, if, if I'm acting out of character, if I am acting out of call, just, can you just be like, hey, you turn towards Folly's Edge. Why are we so afraid of missing it? Mm-hmm. We're so afraid of this. And I don't want us to be. I want us to be overcomers and we can't be overcomers a lot as long as we're willing to pretend. So let's throw the pretense off and just be normal. And if you really want to avoid folly, wandering, just go lower. Just go lower. Lower still. I just think I should remind you um, who your Savior is. Okay, we get confused with um, our circumstances. Um, Sometimes we turn our circumstances, our illnesses into saviors. Ooh. Something really bad Christians do is they turn heaven into their savior. 
because they think dying will Rescue that's them. that's what's going to save them. They're going to die and go to heaven. Jesus is your savior. We bring heaven to earth. Yeah, we got okay? work to do. That's right. And heaven can't be your savior. I mean, that might sound sacrilegious to somebody or something, but Jesus is going to, God's going to create a new heaven and a new earth. So you get into heaven as your reward. Um, sorry, there's going to be a new one. Yeah. Don't get comfy. Don't get mad at me for saying that. That's, that's, that's in the Bible. Okay. We can turn the Bible into a savior too. You got to be careful. All right. Jesus is the savior. Don't forget that. Your problems, your circumstances, your sickness, your disease is not your Savior. Savior is Jesus. Yeah. Don't forget that. Jesus, 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 all the time. Yeah. Yes, we can't fall into escapism. And I think that that's, because, that's been a very prominent thing. Actually, you can have a conversation with anybody that is probably 16 above, and you're going to hear tones of escapism mm -hmm. in everything that they say about their relationship with God. Well, I just can't wait to get to heaven. I, you know, I'm done here, blah, blah, blah. Stop it. Stop it. You still have work to do. You still have work to do. End well. End fighting. End yeah. taking land. Come on. Let's, let's just continue on and, and take the land. Stop trying to get out of here. You got work to do. Do. I hope. I hope that you run into the God who stoops low this weekend over and over again, that at every turn you see him run into his arms. Yeah. Keep doing it. Yeah. Like a little kid running to his daddy and he's running at him like this and you know, and he hits him right in the gut. You wrap your arms around him. Do it. Yeah. I dare you. Double dog dare you. I said that once in an Invictus broadcast. <laughs> I think I said I, I triple dog dare you or something like that. It, it comes from a movie, um, a Christmas story, and um, has everything to do with licking and freezing cold flagpole. <laughs> and he gets his tongue <laughs> stuck on it. So anyway, that's where that comes from. It comes out of my mouth often. A triple dog there you <clears throat> anyway guys be blessed will you pray for them mm -hmm. ah jesus we love you and i just declare that you are enough for us yes you are enough, Jesus. you're our savior you're our closest friend mm -hmm. you're our advocate you fight for us god let us recognize your love for us your friendship all that stuff God, I ask you to bless everybody, not just the people that are here listening to me right now, just everybody. God, reach down and touch this world. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Become an invasion in their lives. Amen. Amen. All right, guys. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you. <laughs> what? <laughs>